The antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Yeah, I'm changing things up on The Antidote by not having an opening song tonight. But there's good reason. Tonight's conversation with Sam Swanson of Slave to Servant was quite long, and he gave a lot of detail about his faith and his mindset. Now, his worldview may not match yours, but there's no question that what he has to say is important, and it needs to be paid attention to. Not just that, the music of Slave to Servant is fabulous. So let's get into that talk and the song Baptized in Credit. Sam Swanson of New York State, Slave to Servant, has joined The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Sam. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Pleased to be here. I gotta tell you that I first heard of you a year ago when I was searching for a cover of the song Smooth Operator, and I found (laughs) one from your other band, Handsome Young Ladies. So why would you start up a whole new project? Oh, so I actually started Slave to Servant before Handsome Young Ladies. Handsome Young Ladies is is strictly like a cover band that I started with Jesse Sprinkle, who was in like Demon Hunter and Dead Poetic and Poor Lou. And um, it was actually kind of a means to an end because I was quitting like my old career. And I was like, well, I got to get back into music and make a living at it. So I started learning covers of like 70s and 80s and 90s songs, like just straight pop songs and putting like a post-grunge uh, kind of indie rock spin on it with Jesse and, and another buddy of ours. And so then we decided we kind of liked the, our spin. So we recorded a record and then we mixed it with his brother, Aaron Sprinkle. Um, so yeah, that's the story with that. And how did you ever meet Jesse Sprinkle? <laughs> uh, I met him in 2016. Um, a friend of mine named Josh Laurie, uh, he told me about Jesse, that Jesse didn't live far from me. And I was like, no way. I basically, like, I didn't have any musician friends. And I was like, well, no way, Poor Old Lou? Like, the dude from Poor Old Lou? Because I remember getting, like, Poor Old Lou's, like, one of their cassettes from my old uh, youth pastor. <laughs> like Cassettes? Yeah. You are dating yourself. Yes, I am. I'm vintage, you know? So, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was, like, kind of one of those full circle things. And I was also looking for a studio, and... I'm, I'm a songwriter, you know, in a past life before I came to New York State, I, I was in three different bands from Chicago and toured and made records, probably made about 10, 11 records before I moved here. And so uh, linking up with him was really cool. So I invited him and his family to the campground uh, just to stay for free. And that's kind of where we hit it off and been really good friends ever since. And he's actually drummed on everything I've done since 2016 and when I started recording again. So That's so cool. And I guess I should mention to our listeners that his brother Aaron Sprinkle has produced dozens and dozens and dozens of albums for Tooth & Nail artists. Oh, absolutely. He was like at the forefront of all that. He was like the in-house Tooth & Nail producer for a long time. That's why I had him on The Antidote one night. So take us back again. What year did Slave to Servant begin? 
so there's a, a filmmaker from Canada named Leonard Allrich. He lives in uh, Manitoba in Winnipeg. And he makes these sort of prophetic two-and-a-half-hour documentary films. And he's got a series of four of them. And I had seen his first film. I really enjoyed it. Uh, he was looking for a composer. And I had recently gotten new studio gear and stuff. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll take a crack at you know composing your next film score if you want. It's like playing with toys for me, sitting there making instrumental music, you know? <laughs> so I sat down, and he loved everything I created. So I ended up composing 15 songs um, for his film, his next film that just came out maybe six months ago, called The Illusion of Money, which is on YouTube. And um, so I composed that, I think, throughout 2014, I think. And when I was done, he said, you know, I really want an end credits piece, like with actual vocals. And I would love for you to use some of these Bible verses and kind of make that into a song. So I composed this song called Baptized in Credit for the end credits. And that was the first Slave to Servant song. It was actually just all me. I even programmed the drums and um, my buddy Gans played lead guitar on it. But yeah, I even played bass on it and stuff too. So that was the beginning. I guess that was 2014 when I composed that song.
and destroy And we're thieves breaking in steel When things get way too real Will we reach out for the guns Or will we reach out to God And if you're with me Saving dollars while we're losing souls On a whole nother level talked about yourself handling the vocals and a lot of other stuff jesse on drums anybody else involved with the band yeah well kind of took an evolution my buddy gons like i mentioned played on that song he played on a few different recordings at, at the very beginning he just got real busy so i basically um i did everything from that point on everything i've recorded i've played all the guitars on it um and then my, i met my buddy james who plays like six string fretless, like he annihilates on bass. And then Ken Endy, uh, he is a shredder and he's really into blues and I'm not into blues at all. And I just said, hey, would you be willing to kind of help me craft? He kind of came in and, and went outside of his comfort zone, which he's more than capable. He just has his sweet spot, you know? So he came into the studio and he recorded for this new record that I just made called Escape Babylon. 
And then he made some extra like feedback and noise and things that he could do with pedals since I don't even really use any pedals or anything. I'm like plug in and play go. So um, this project is mainly me. It's evolving all the time. And I, I kind of look at it as like each record will probably have a different studio band or different people contributing. You're a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I've never been more inspired, by the way. This year with this whole um, coronavirus and everything has been really good for my creativity. Like I feel more inspired than I ever have. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I've spoken with some artists and it's just nonstop. Their output has been incredible. And yeah. others, they just feel completely stifled and aren't able to create anything. I know, yeah. Because, I mean, full-time, I make a living as a cover musician. So my gigs went down like a third of the amount that they normally are in the summer. It's almost like I've been working at Walmart this year or something. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't made a whole lot, you know what I mean? Well, you were speaking about handsome young ladies and doing cover songs with them. That's also true about Slave to Servant. One of the better-known ones is Charday's Pearls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What does the song mean to you? Yeah, uh, so I'm a huge Sade fan. Pearls, that was like a song of, of healing. I feel like a lot of people are out there searching out their spirituality. And uh, I respect everybody's beliefs, you know, whatever that individual believes. Um, I think there's a lot of artists out there, dare I say, a little bit more new age of a worldview. But they still like indicate a longing to discover the force that is the ultimate driving force behind uh, what they would call, I guess, in quotes, like the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I guess this song reminds me, I kind of look at the universe as not being like the end-all be-all. I look at the universe as vast as it is. I look at it as to be like quite minuscule in comparison to like the creator who is outside the creation. So to compare, I'd say like, imagine a computer as complex as it is representing the universe. Um, you can go inside the computer and find evidence of the creator inside because the creator's touch and imprint is in every part of the design, you know? However, just as the creator can be found in the creation, in that sense, the creator and designer is outside the computer. Yahweh is outside, yet inside all of us. And so that's why I love this song is because Sade sings in the line, there is a force stronger than nature keeps her will alive. She's talking about this woman who is scraping for pearls on the roadside in Somalia to feed her daughter. And this is how she's dying. She's dying to survive. She, she cries to the heaven above. There is a storm in my heart. She lives a life she didn't choose and it hurts like brand new shoes. And so like that song to me, I was going through a really hard time because I had to rebuild my whole life uh, I was like restarting, my marriage fell apart, uh, a bunch of my family kind of fell apart. I was working for family at the campground that I owned, and I still don't even talk to that family. Pearls, specifically listening to her sing that song with all those strings in it, like my cover aside, I would just like break down and cry, like remembering that there's somebody else out there. Like while I was being broken and humbled, I was able to like feel for somebody else. So that's what that song means to me. Mm -hmm. 
you've got lots of stories in your songs. And one that's disturbing is power. And the song says, All we'd have to do is haggle with the truth. Oh, here's a free suit. Just say you'll compromise. So why don't you and I get into that? Isn't compromising what's expected to let us be a success in this world? Oh, that's true. I mean, if you, it depends on how you look at it, right? Before we get into power and what you're saying, I really like what you're saying, and it reminds me of two people that I, I respect and was influenced by um, in like the indie rock scene. Um, the singer of Saves the Day, Chris Conley, went on Matt Pryor's old podcast called Nothing to Write Home About, and they had a discussion about their existential, I guess, beliefs, right? Which uh, was really fascinating. And he asked Chris, like Chris basically like, you know, he's more into like the new age, how organized religion or whatever, you're basing everything off of a hunch. And Matt Pryor, I think, shared the same sentiment with him, but he then he like kind of played devil's advocate. And he's like, well, what's the difference between a hunch and faith? It's interesting that you're saying that because when you look at it as just a hunch, it's kind of, I guess it's, it depends on what the situation is, how you look at what compromise is, right? It's good to compromise. Like in a marriage, it's great to compromise. It's like you have to compromise if you want to survive in a marriage, am I right? Um, but what I'm talking about is compromising. Uh, you really wanted to get into like the, the roughest one. Um, <laughs> So I wrote that song about kind of a controversial issue. I guess what I'm talking about in that song, if you go through the lyrics, which I guess I could pull up the lyrics and explain a little bit more. Here we go. Power. I got it right here. Um, I'm talking about, uh, be careful what you say. You, you might just get what you, for what you wish for today. It's true. What you want, it's synonymous with the truth, spiritually, or with your needs. So you're on the second verse. Uh, all we'd have to do is haggle with the truth. Oh, and here's a free suit. Just say you'll compromise. We'll swear you in by oath and watch you fight for your life. Decide. Time has come to make your decision, so don't fight the incision. Take the mark and share our vision. Um, this is about compromising for the greater good. What is the greater good? And at what point do we just go, here is my whole body at your disposal? I'm responsible for my body. Um, there are people that talk about my body, my choice. And so, like, if you think about the vaccine issue, for instance, and I'm not anti-vax, but I am pro-choice in that regard. If you don't have a choice to take, like, a shot or something, that to me is a violation of all human sovereignty and sanctity. So that's where, for me, where I draw the line. Um, with power, though, if I can cut to the chase on what that song's really about, you know who um, Noam Chomsky is, correct? Oh, yes. So Noam Chomsky has a really fascinating discussion. It's on corporate personhood. Ultimately, like, it's where a corporation can be a person, right? Like, it, it can have the same rights and legal, like, protection as a person. So that's kind of the idea. But it also means that a corporation is a person. And that being said... If you go to like Roe v. Wade, for instance, it talks about a fetus not being a person. Well, that's correct because the baby that's inside hasn't come out to get its footprint stamped on the contract that makes it a corporation because that's what your name is. Your name is a, a corporate entity. You are contracted as a corporation, as a person, 
It has an inverse relationship. And so that's to me is what this song is about. I talk about in the 13th Amendment, it says neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So it's, it's saying nor involuntary servitude. So slavery or involuntary, but it's not talking about voluntary servitude. And that's what we all are. We are all voluntary servants in this system. We were volunteered at birth. So that's what the song is about. We're all kind of like servants. And that's what power is about. The power, they're twisting the knife so slow that we won't believe that their power is real. Like, we don't realize it. And it's going to be, I, I do believe, and I don't want to sound like an alarmist or anything, but I do believe it's going to come to a point where we've read all these books in school, like these Orwellian and Huxleyan, you know, like books. It's like, how can you not see that it's not even like science fiction anymore? So it's, it's turning into a wild world. And I think it's always been a wild world, but I think it's coming to a, a different place. And that's a lot of the stuff that I like to write about in my music, but I also write about all kinds of other stuff. And I hope that that wasn't too wild of a rabbit trail for you. <laughs> no, but maybe that does tie into your band name, Slave to Servant. Absolutely, because if we really cut to the chase, like they took the whole issue of slavery during those three amendments like to go, okay, well, you're no longer slaves. Now you're servant. Now everybody is. Be careful what you say. You just might get what you wish for today. It's true, but you only sin on numbers with your needs. Spiritually. Just say you understand We'll ink up your feet and send you under contract In fact, your fictional existence doesn't exist In essence, nonetheless, it's extensively
We're twisting the knife so slow that you won't believe. Please, come on and please. We're twisting the knife so slow that you won't believe. That was Power from Slave to Servant. No question that that was a troubling song. But then, space aliens are also something to worry about. Let's hear about that from Sam. Well, my thought is now, why don't we reel this in and instead of being in such a serious topic, go to something that's just insane. Because Slave to Servant has another cover song that's absolutely bizarre. You've got to explain why you would cover the Buchanan Brothers' Flying Saucers. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so that song's from 1947. And um, my friend Nathan, I think in 2016 when I was podcasting, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, I've got to cover this song. It is, it is awesome. I, when I heard it, I was like, I could really hear myself doing like a Descendants slash like all kind of punk rock cover of it you know so uh what possessed me i guess just the message of it i think that it's a very interesting message i mean we're talking 1947 here right like that's that's a long time ago i'm also very intrigued by ufology and extraterrestrials and um ultimately uh the eventual disclosure if you will of what that's going to be um, and how it will happen and unravel. And I have kind of a different view of what that's going to be um, in my mind. I'm not saying I'm right. I mean, that's been a thing, like you watch Ancient Aliens on the History Channel or whatever, you know. There's a lot of people that are kind of primed for like a, a takeover, if you will. Like these U- UFOs. And it's kind of interesting. There's a researcher out there named Chris White. And he talked about this in a film that I loved. Um, he talked about how like there being like a great deception eventually, like like what Yeshua talks about in like Matthew 24, like a, a great deception that would, you know, confuse even the elect. So this is just one aspect of what that could be. But um, if these, I guess, ascended beings come out of this craft or whatever it is, and these beings come out and they're like, we created you guys and all of your religions like we actually were you and we evolved into this 
what we are today, you could imagine like what that would cause, but it would also cause like this unity. It would be a way to unite all religion to uh, like basically abolish religion at the same time. And we're being like kind of primed, I feel like, for that. My belief, um, even though I covered this song where they seem to be concerned with these flying saucers, uh, literally as being like it's a sign of the coming judgment day, like, but in my view, I view those those ascended beings that probably will come out in our lifetime and something to that nature will happen. Um, I view that probably as technology. Like man's probably going to trick man and re-enslave man. That's the way I view it. There are people that literally think they're going to be aliens. That's fine. There's people that tie that in with the Bible, that they're the Nephilim, which is another rabbit trail. But uh, I, I tend to think that like the cell phone that I'm holding in my hand right now, it's probably actually been designed for a good 30 years. We get things long after they're made. Like we don't know what's really out there. So when this disclosure happens, you can just imagine the leaps and bounds of technology that could be used to deceive us. And that's all I'm saying, just to be vigilant. So it's, it's just kind of something that I've got my finger on the pulse on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we all know that cell phones were actually invented in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the flip yeah. phone came from. Right. I go by Sam Swanson from the band Slave to Servant, and I'm stoked for you to hear some of my tunes on The Antidote. You'd better pray to the Lord when you see those flying saucers It may be the coming of the judgment day It's a sign, there's no doubt, of the trouble that's about So I say, my friends, you better start to pray They're a terrifying sight as they fly on day and night It's a warning that we better mend our ways You better pray
let's get into song topics. The ones coming from Slave to Servant range all over the place. One that got my attention was Destroying the Eye. One verse says, Transhuman singularity, coercive cryptocurrency, yea, break down this tyranny. Is that even possible? Uh, well, I was saying, Yah, break down this tyranny like Yahweh, like God. Ah, now I see. I'm leaving it in God's hands and I'm leaving it in his name. Like, I, I can only focus on what I can control, if you will. So, Destroying the Eye is the opening song on the new record, Escape Babylon. And it actually uh, is my favorite song, I think, that I've ever written, to be honest. Um, for me, like, melodically and everything about it, like, it just summed up my thoughts on society and do i think it's possible you know what you know what's really possible is if every one of us just went you know what this fiat currency system that we're under this you know world government um that's been funding both sides of every war for quite some time if we just like quit using it and figured out a way to unite ourselves without them and their media and their government which again is a pipe dream. I'm not saying that could happen, but if we just like we're like, nah, we're good. We don't. We really want to want to do that. I think that we could find a way. I think that it's possible. I'm not saying that it's like going to happen or that it, it's plausible, <laughs> but uh, I do believe that it's a possibility for us to come together as as people. I think that it's happened throughout history. You know, to quote Tupac, "Look at the hearts of men. There's nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> like where our hearts are are flawed." So um, at the same time, I feel like you could have this utopia, so to speak, or this coming together, but eventually you would have problems because that's just our, our flawed uh, human nature. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. do, do, do.
Well, I have to tell you that I really appreciate you letting The Antidote air some Slave to Servant songs that haven't actually been released yet. Oh, yeah. Like the full band version of Yeshua. Would it be a stretch to call that your worship song? You know what? I consider that to be the only worship song that I've ever written. To me, there's power in that name. Yeah, that's a, that's a straight up, to me, a worship song. <laughs> <laughs> Does that also make it your last worship song? I don't think so. I mean, I think I'll probably write other worship songs as well. I mean, I'm going to write a lot of stuff. I'm a, I'm a very firm believer in freedom of speech. And a lot of people probably don't agree with that. But um, I'm not offended by language. Like, I think being offended is a choice, personally. I can't afford myself the time to be offended by people and how they talk or, you know, what they say. Um, Obviously, if there's something that happens that's injustice, I want to be able to speak up on certain issues. Um, You know who Francis Schaeffer is? I've heard the name, but no, I can't make an association. He was like an author and kind of a philosopher, but he was Christian. And he he spoke a lot on the arts and and things like that. Uh, He said, the Christian is the really free person. He is free to have imagination. The Christian is the one whose imagination should fly beyond the stars. I personally couldn't agree more, but I feel like the Christian industry, it's a biz, right? There's like a business, there's a model, there's a marketing plan. And I feel that way about like the corporate church too. Like I'm not really into that either. Um, this, this could be a whole nother show we could have, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I'm not really all into that. I agree with Francis Schaeffer that I think we're limiting ourselves as people who, you know, identify as believers of Yeshua and in the quote unquote Christian community. So, um, I think that there could be more, um, but I don't think that a lot of the people in, for lack of a better term, churchianity are willing to listen. I also wanted to say Yeshua and Power, the versions that you're hearing on the show are unreleased. And the versions that are out there are all acoustic. There's a lot of acoustic material. I have two releases coming out in the future. What I was originally going to do with Slave to Servant was record an acoustic EP. When I recorded probably about four or five um, songs acoustically, I also recorded the intro for that EP, which still is the intro for the entire collection, which is called The Hand That Destroys the Establishment of the Eye, which is dialogue from my buddy Leonard Ulrich's film that I composed the score to. And it kind of wraps Destroying the Eye, what I accomplished in that, and also what I talk about in the song Yeshua, kind of like bridges the gap between those two songs. And um, also just kind of foreshadows what's to come on Escape Babylon since that's track one. But um, what I ended up doing with the singles collection, when I started recording with Jesse, I started bringing the acoustic songs. I'm like, oh, I want you to lay drums on these acoustic songs. And so he would lay drums down and I'd be like, that's really cool. Now I just want to put electric guitar in. <laughs> like, so I, I ended up like recording over all the acoustic songs that are on this collection. Two of them, Power and Yeshua, made the full-length record because some of my friends that played on the record were like, they were like, those have to go on the record. And these are people that weren't even like religious, so to speak, or anything, you know, they were just like, those are really good songs. So, and then when I mixed Escape Babylon with James Paul Wisner, who did Under Oath and Paramore and Further Seems Forever and stuff, he echoed that he thought Yeshua was the best song on the record. 
might have a hard time choosing a favorite song from Slave to Servant, but Yeshua is definitely up near the top. You should track the band down on your favorite streaming service, or you can buy Slave to Servant music on Bandcamp. Now, it's been cool having Sam Swanson sharing a lot of opinions tonight, and strong opinions are at the center of next week's guest, the Las Vegas-based band called Take. Tune in for that. These guys will really shake you up. Let's head back to Sam and the song Mutton, which ties right into this last part of our talk. Enjoy this, and I'll see you again next time on The Antidote. You just want to do something different all the time. Absolutely. Okay, then. Say if someone was to ask you about the purpose of Slave to Servant, how would you answer? Mm. To quote one of my favorite artists, Lauren Hill from the Fugees, she went through quite a conversion years and years back. I don't know where she's at right now. And that being said, you're hearing me right now, but in a year I might have some different views. You know what I mean? I'm always growing. So don't hold me to everything that I've said in this interview thus far. Um, but what I, what I do want to say is I think I would just kind of echo what she said. She said that artists have typically throughout society been people that live outside society to expose society to itself. And I consider that to be me. That is the kind of artist that I am. And my mission, I study emotional intelligence and uh, things like that. And I think that the church, for one, doesn't teach it. Um, And it's very, very much a scriptural thing. Uh, But I also don't think our schools are teaching it. Unfortunately, like the world system, the advertisement, the media, whatever it is, kind of preys on our vices as, as opposed to our virtues. And in my belief, like God has me on a mission. That's the way I feel about it. There, there's a thing that I do want to do, eventually start my own kind of outreach, uh, separate of the band. We've never done a show. This is like a brand new band. Um, hopefully that happens after all this craziness is over. We'll do some shows maybe. But um, when I do that, I I would like to, I've heard of some bands doing something kind of similar, but there's like a booth that you can go to and they are like a non-for-profit type of thing. And you can just go talk like to these people who will just listen to you because people go to these shows to escape, you know, their lives. You know, it's like escapism. And so I want to flip that upside down and I'm taking some courses after the new year um, to try to kind of start that thing but i'm, I'm calling it embracism and um that's that's something that is part of the goal of slave to servant there's a lot i want to help with i mean i just feel like humanity i feel like we're we're lacking a lot for being so far ahead and um there's things that i see that i feel like god is putting on my heart to to share with the world and that's what's next for the band and yourself yeah if, if god wills it you know I don't have like a label or anything. I'm doing everything out of my own pocket at this point. I would love to find a, a team, you know, that would help me promote because that's unfortunately a lot of us artists, that's kind of where we lack is marketing. You know, like I'm not necessarily bad at business, but marketing is a whole different aspect of business. And I'm not so good at navigating through that. There's like algorithms nowadays, there's all kinds of things. And so I, I have a few friends helping me with a few things and I've I'm paying a couple people to do some things, uh, like with Never Greener right now, the song. But um, 
I would love to find a team of people who want to be part of this. You know, I, I don't consider Slave to Servant just a band. I consider it to be like a, hopefully a movement of people. For marketing, they have to know how to spell your name. That's what you get to do right now. <laughs> yeah. So the two in Slave to Servant is with a T-W-O, as in the number two. Because there's a double meaning, slave to servant, right? There's two entities. There's a slave and there's a servant. And there's a double meaning for those things, like we talked about when I went on that little rant about power. So, <laughs> um, so the two is like just symbolizes double meaning. There's so many ways you can look at that. But it's slave to T-W-O servant. And uh, the logo for it, there's a Roman numeral two. That's how I do it. Uh, there's, a, there's another like smaller logo that I use is... Basically, a blatant ripoff of Nine Inch Nails logo, like the NIN. I think Five Iron Frenzy's done it before, the FIF. And uh, it looks like a, in the shape of a Z, but it's SIS or S2S um, in Roman numerals. But yeah, slave to servant. That's way too long an answer for what you just asked. In other words, you have absolutely no idea about your band name. <laughs> <laughs> it could be something else. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time, Sam. Thanks for coming for this talk. Thanks for having me on, Dave. I really appreciate getting to talk to you. Something